Hello, and thank you for checking out the Hopewell Valley Student Podcasting Network, a proud partner of the Hopewell Valley Student Publications Network, where students come together to publish student-driven content to share with the world. This network empowers students to become content creators for all different types of digital mediums. For more student-ran podcasts, blogs, artwork, and content, please check out the Hopewell Valley Student Publications Network at www.hvspn.com. The opinions represented within the digital content are those of the content creators. Now please enjoy the following podcast episode. Welcome to my AP Biology Thoughts podcast. My name is Keenan Wallace, and I'm your host for this podcast. Today, we will be discussing the topic of koi wolves and how they relate to the AP Biology curriculum. For this episode, we've brought in Alex Prophet and Serena Russell to discuss the evolution of koi wolves. So to start us off, what exactly is a koi wolf? Well, koi wolf was actually just a nickname for what's really known as a eastern coyote. Eastern coyotes are hybrids of coyotes, wolves, and then domestic dogs. However, they're still primarily coyotes and remain as coyotes rather than wolves. So you say that the koi wolves, or eastern coyotes, are a mix of several different species. Do you know the exact genetic breakdown? It's difficult to say for certain since the coyotes' genetic makeup varies by region and population, but according to a DNA analysis done by evolutionary biologist uh, Javier Monzon, they are 64% coyote, 13% gray wolf, 13% eastern wolf, and 10% dog. Wow, that's some genetic diversity. So, how do these new hybrids differ from their pure coyote ancestors? For one thing, they're larger. Eastern coyotes are 35 to 37% larger than their western counterparts. They also have larger, more powerful heads, their ears are more rounded like wolves, and they have wolf-like fur markings. There's lots of variation within and between populations, but koi wolves' features tend to match the midpoint between coyotes and wolves. Fascinating. So, from what I understand, this interbreeding is a fairly recent development. What led to it? This story started several hundred years ago with the arrival of Europeans in the Americas. When Europeans colonized the east coast of America, they started cutting down forests and hunting large prey in the region, which threatened the habitat and food source of local gray wolves. At the same time, western coyotes, which are adapted to more open terrain, were drawn east by the expansion of their preferred habitat via deforestation. With shrinking numbers of gray wolves and a new thriving population of coyotes in the region, it makes sense that the wolves soon turned to coyotes as mating partners. From there, natural selection took over. With the right mix of coyote and wolf DNA, a new species was created that was the best of both worlds. These koi wolves, as they are called, are larger than coyotes, but inherited the social nature of wolves, meaning they form packs to hunt, which allows them to hunt large animals like deer in addition to the small prey that coyotes usually feed on. On top of that, they possess the strong ability of coyotes to adapt to urban environments, and are comfortable in both open and forested environments. Well, I can certainly see why this mixing would be beneficial, but is it considered evolution or just hybridization? Both. Koi wolves have certainly evolved, but they have done so through the process of hybridization. The koi wolf, or eastern coyote, was created from a mix of different species, but is diverged enough from the parent species that many believe it should be treated as a separate species, though no official decision has yet been made on the matter. So koi wolves aren't considered a separate species? Not yet. 
Coilwolves have only been around for a few hundred years, and are still in the earlier stages of their development, but many believe they deserve to be recognized as their own species and will be soon. From what you've said, I'm sure that it won't be long before scientists acknowledge them. So, you've told us all about the specifics of Coilwolves, but how does their development link into the larger picture of evolution that we discuss in AP Bio? Coilwolves are, of course, only a very small part of evolutionary history. However, because the development is so recent, they provide a good example of direct observation as proof of evolution, which is discussed in AP Bio Chapter 7.6. And how do they exemplify direct observation of evolution? Because coilwolves have come into existence over only the past few hundred years, we as humans can visibly see the evolution from their parent species, coyotes, wolves, and dogs, to the new species of coilwolves. This provides firm, observable evidence that species do change over time, and evolution is something that happens, and one can easily infer has in the past as well. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you, Alex and Serena, for taking the time to speak with us. And to our audience, thank you for listening to this episode of My AP Biology Thoughts. For more student-run podcasts and digital content, make sure that you visit www.hvspn.com. Facts for Thoughts.